The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week we're going to be reviewing uh, Ryan Johnson's film from 2005, Brick. Um, it's one I'd been wanting to watch for a while, and I think Corey was interested in it um, because of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, and we'll be getting to that in a little bit. Um, we're also going to talk about what's coming out on November 7th, 2017 uh, on home video and VOD and theatrical releases for November 10th, 2017, which there's a few coming out next week. Um, but before we do that, we're just going to talk about you know some casual things because I went last night after I had a really, really long day at work. Um, and by last night, it's a few days ago, I went and saw Thor. Uh, Ragnarok, uh, directed by Taika Waititi, who I am a huge fan of, and it's pretty great. Have you heard um, anything about it, Corey? Yes, from our mutual friend, <laughs> that it's pretty funny. Yeah, he uh, he's Brendan, who's been on the podcast. He he texted me while I was sitting through the credits, uh, not the credits, the trailer um, for my screening of the movie because I had to go to a late show because I had to work uh, like a thirteen-hour day. Um, because we had open house at our school, so I had to, uh, I was there real late, and then, um, I took my daughter to the 9.30 show, which, I don't know if I've talked about our theater on the, I know I've talked about our theater, but I don't know if I've talked about every time there's 20 minutes worth of trailers, um, so it started at 9.30, which means the movie actually starts about 9.50, and then it's a two hour and I think 10 minute movie, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, we got home just after, like, 12.30, I think. Um, yeah, it was a late night and then had to still get up and go to work this morning. Um, but you know, it's really funny. Um, I wouldn't, it's not perfect, but it's really good. It's definitely in, in my top. Um, I think I currently have it on my letterbox listed at number four for the Marvel movies. Um, but that may change, uh, over time. Uh, The list changes over time. And I, and I, I feel like I'm leaving Iron Man one at my number one spot more for like nostalgia than anything like I haven't watched it in a long time maybe it's still my favorite but it was it started everything so I I think I might just give it more credit than maybe it should still be getting but I don't know I need to rewatch uh the first Iron Man and see if it holds up um and I also finished my 31 days of horror I I ended with Halloween 2 which I had not seen in a long time and uh it's 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 not as good as the first one but it's definitely solid I did. Um, I watched the thing on Monday, which I'd <gasps> seen before, but I had not watched. I don't think as an adult in its entirety. And mm-hmm. man, I love that movie. Isn't uh, it so great? It is so great. Um, I, it made that the fog, and then the original Halloween have made me really want to explore John Carpenter's stuff. I don't know right how much I've missed, but uh, I definitely am a big fan of those films, and the thing is just outstanding. So. I was afraid you were going to think the fog was cheesy, but God, I love that movie. That movie worked for me. I enjoyed it. I, I found like I mean, I could totally see why people might think it's cheesy, but I I thought it was great. Um, 
and definitely an enjoyable film to watch. Um, but uh, have you seen anything since our last episode? Mm, I I did, but I can't remember what I want. That's why you got to do letterbox, Corey. I keep telling you. <laughs> I, guys, I just I don't. I feel like I'm not very active on social media, anyways. So you know what I mean. I don't feel like I need to add more. Well, it's not adding more. It's keeping track of your your movies. That's all. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's. You could even look at it as work, just so you have something to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh my gosh! Okay, fine. But um, so you've seen something, but you don't remember what. Uh, have you been to the theater? Not in a really long time, guys. Um, I feel like. I wanted to go to a movie last night. I was going to go see The Snowman with a friend, but she was sick. Mm. And, yeah, I know. But I feel like there's not really anything out right now that I want to see. I might oh, see Thor. There's so many good movies out But right our movie times suck. Like, uh. I was looking and a movie started at, like, 5. Okay, I work until 6.30. Or then they started at, like, 10-something. Oh, wow. What, what are we doing? Like, my theater has 21 screens plus an IMAX screen. What are we doing? Well, and I got lucky yesterday because I was working until eight, and usually my theater only does um, nine o'clock shows on Saturday and Sunday. I'm sorry, on Friday and Saturday, but mm-hmm. um, during the holidays they'll they'll increase the hours because there's people off and stuff. But they don't usually do that this early, but they did. And I'm guessing because of Thor, but they had a nine thirty showing last night or Thursday night, which was um, unusual, but it, it saved me because I was thinking I was gonna have to go on a Friday or Saturday. And I just know it's going to be packed this weekend, and I was not yeah. looking forward to it. So I was excited I was able to get to a Thursday show, which would still have a pretty solid crowd, especially for a late show like that. Um, but I don't know how busy the 7.30 show was, but I think it's doing pretty well so far. And it, it is – the word of mouth is going to definitely spread because it is super entertaining. And I am I need Chris Hemsworth to commit to doing action comedy from now on because he was my favorite part of Ghostbusters. And he is so good in this movie. Like he he really works comedy just perfectly. It's so natural and organic feeling. Um, I just I'm so impressed with his work uh, in the comedic stylings. But um, yeah, that's basically what we've been watching. Um, have you started Stranger Things too? I okay. So I don't okay. I'm gonna just put this out there. On last Friday, my husband um, was injured. <laughs> he hit his head oh. <laughs> on a wall bracket. And while I was getting ready for work, and I had to take him to the emergency room, and he had to get staples in his head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So Friday, we I called in to work. My boss knew what happened. Um, and I stayed home with him, and we watched like six episodes on Friday. Oh. And then I think we lost watched the last two or three that Saturday. So I just need to rewatch it now. Oh, okay. Do you normally rewatch yeah. it, or do you need to rewatch it because you watched it? so fast no i just love it okay i have not finished season two um i love it i've seen two episodes and uh mine's for the opposite reasons we've been super swamped um we were gonna watch some on tuesday night because i think we started it on monday night my daughter went trick-or-treating tuesday with her friends but my wife and i had planned on watching some tuesday but she had to work down in a different store and she was like two hours away so she got home really late um and it just hasn't we just haven't been home at the same time uh, to watch it, so um, I, I just remembered I also went and saw Suburbicon this week. Oh, how was that? Not good. Um, Dang it, because yeah. that's the one that has like you know screenings in the prime time. So yeah. and it's 
it it has potential that just never gets there. The the stories don't mesh well. It's it's two scripts that were meshed together. Uh, one the Coens wrote yeah. earlier, and one that Clooney and his writing partner, whose name I don't know, were working on, and they just meshed the two together, and not in a seamless way. And there's it's it's got a lot of issues. But um, I forgot to mention that one. But I am hoping to get some more uh, of season two in this weekend. I don't know uh, if it'll work out or not, but. I really I love the first two episodes I've seen, and I can't wait to see the rest of them. Um, my daughter has not waited for my wife and I, though. She is, I think, either done or on the last episode. Um, nice. Yeah, but she's. I think she's rewatching it with us. She watched the first two episodes with us, and she was already on like episode five when we watched those. So it's just so good, and I I love so much about it. I love the pop culture that they put into it, like all the little details. I love every single actor in it. I love all the characters. I like some people are like, I'm not giving into the hype, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. and Winona. Uh, yes. And sold. Um, I am, you know, this is a movie club. We don't usually talk TV, but, uh, stranger things does feel like a movie. Um, in a lot of ways, it is longer than a, your average movie, of course, but they even, uh, they're calling it, My understanding is it's stranger things two, not season two. So it's, they're even treating it like a sequel rather than a uh, normal TV series would. So um, I think it's worthy of conversation. And I know people love it. I love the first season. I was very late to the party on the first season. I don't think I watched it until January of this year um, because I was doing the movie challenge last year. But um, once I watched it, I was definitely hooked. And um, I did get an awesome uh, 11 shirt from my Loot Crate, my Loot Wear subscription. Um, that my, actually Mike and I both have because we both are subscribed to it and we end up with the same shirts, which can be awkward because uh, we go to a lot of the same places. So uh, we, we've we had to coordinate in the past to make sure we're not wearing the same clothes. But um, the shirt's awesome because it has 11 in a triangle and underneath it, upside down is the word, the upside down. Like it's the actual letters are upside down and it's great. And I got it just, just before season two came out. Um, so I was ex- super excited about that. But... I will finish it. I, I again, it's not, it's nothing against the show. It is just my world and my obsession with watching films. So, with that in mind, let's transition into what's coming out this week on home video. We have four movies that are worthy of discussion, um, or at least I think so. And one I really wanted to see in theaters, and I just never made it to, was The Glass Castle. You remember that was the uh, Brie Larson, Woody Harrelson, Naomi Watts. Ella wanted Anderson. to see that. Yep, it's so bad. It has a 56 Metacritic, which is not bad, but it's not good either. Um, I've heard mixed reviews from fr- uh, the few people I know who have seen it, but I'm such a fan of Brie and Woody Harrelson that I, I'm definitely going to try to rent this as soon as possible. Um, it's one that I definitely want to see. Uh, it's the premise, in case you don't know what it is, is a young girl comes of age in a dysfunctional family of nonconformist nomads with a mother who's an eccentric artist and an alcoholic father who would stir the children's imagination with hope as a distraction to their poverty. Um, so it looks heartfelt and like very emotional. Uh, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who I do not know. But um, it's one that, I, again, I missed in theaters and I'm definitely going to check out on home video. Same. All right. Next up is one that I did happen to catch in theaters. Cause surprisingly it actually showed up to our local uh, mall theater here and it's Ingrid goes West. Um, that's the Aubrey Plaza film with Elizabeth Olsen, who Corey is major fan of. 
Um, Love o- her. O'Shea Jackson, Wyatt Russell, um, and Billy Magnus are the. Oh, and Palm Clementine, I think is her name. She is um, Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I guess it's not Tyne. Uh, Clementif. Clementif. Um, she is Mantis in Guardians 2, but she's got a very small role in Anger Goes West. But I got to say, I know you're not a fan of Elizabeth Olsen, Corey. Zero percent. This this performance, I think she's pretty great. Um, this and Wind River actually kind of have won me over for her. Um, she's really good in Wind River. Uh, and I have to say the, the, the highlight of Anger Goes West to me, as much as I am an Aubrey Plaza fan, was O'Shea Jackson Jr., um, he is so fantastic in this movie, and he's a screen. Uh, want, he's trying to become a screenwriter, but he's a Batman fanatic, and so he. I connected with him on so many different levels. Uh, I love that character. Um, it, it's a very dark movie. Uh, it deals with um, like Instagram stalking, essentially, and oh. uh, Aubrey Plaza is great at that kind of dark humor. Although there were some things in the in the movie that I wasn't didn't really click with me um as far as the message goes I, I felt like there were some mixed messages being sent but overall i did find the film entertaining um not one of my favorites from the year but definitely not a bad movie in any way it does have a 67 on oh, i'm sorry no a 71 on metacritic so very positive score but uh it is it's definitely dark um so know that going in but it's definitely entertaining and you're a fan of aubrey plaza if i'm not mistaken I am. I did skip out on that one movie she did kind of recently-ish. So-and-so need a date or oh, wedding yeah. dates that's, or something. That's not, that's not her style, actually. That movie is not good, unfortunately. Despite it being Anna Kendrick, um, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Uh, Zach Efron and the dude whose name I always forget. I feel so bad because um, I actually like him. He's in Workaholics and he was in Pitch Perfect uh, 1 and 2. Oh, I can't think of his name, but... Um, I, do, I think you should check this film out, though, Corey. I think you might like this one. Um, it's not perfect, again, but it, it is definitely entertaining. Um, directed by Matt Spicer. And next up is a film that I saw at the film festival, and it's one of my favorites from the festival. Uh, Patty Cakes comes out on home video and VOD. Um, I will be buying this movie. Um, I, I thoroughly loved it. Uh, it is 8 Mile meets uh, Sing Street from 2015, 2016. Um Directed by Jeremy Jasper, uh, stars a bunch of relatively unknown Danielle, Danielle McDonald, Bridget Everett, uh, Siddharth Dahanaje. Um, uh, Mamadou Athi was in something else this year, too. What was it? Oh, he was on The Get Down on Netflix, but there's something else I saw him in. Hold on, I'm looking it up because he is fantastic. Oh, he's in The Circle. Um, not a great movie, uh, but. I did find some enjoyment in the film, despite it being critically kind of scorned. But um, he's really good in Patty Cakes. And that's the gist of the names. There's really nobody super famous in it. Um, Not to say that they're not good. I'd say all the performances are pretty strong. Uh, Patty Cakes is about a young teenage girl. Well, she's not a teenager. She's in her 20s. But growing up in New Jersey, um, wanting to make it in the rap game, and kind of struggling to uh, make ends meet. Um, but you know, dreaming big, I think any musician, even if you don't like rap music, if you've ever, if you were trying to make it in the music industry, you can relate to the character in a lot of ways. Um, and they do a really great job kind of developing the character and the music is really, 
I, I loved the music when I watched the movie. Um, I did try to listen to the soundtrack a few weeks ago, and I don't like the music as much on the soundtrack. I think I think the context of the film makes the music much better when you're uh, when you're watching it. Not that it's bad, but you know, like some musicals, the songs are better in the musical than they are on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of applies to the patty cakes. They're still good, but I like them a lot more in the during the film. Um, I I really want everyone to watch this movie. I I feel like it didn't get a good theatrical run, um, and I, I love Sing Street. I loved Eight Mile. I like a lot of movies that feature bands or musicians trying to make it. Um, it is a subject close to home. So if I think if you're a music lover, Patty Cakes is definitely a film worth watching. I'm gonna check that one out. I was sad I missed it in our theater, but it didn't play long at all. Yeah, it it unfortunately I don't th- I saw almost no marketing for this movie. Um, it is it's definitely rated R. Uh, I don't think there's any nudity in it, but there's a lot of cursing and um little bit of drug use. Uh, like as marijuana, but I know there's talk of other drugs and um, there some some amazing visuals in the film though. Uh, that represent kind of her in her own world, like in her own head, like how she sees the world at times that I thought were really great. Um, definitely one that I, I am excited to get to add to my collection. Um, and again, I think it's a, it's a film that a lot of people that missed will enjoy if they get the opportunity to see it. And, uh, it has a 67 on Metacritic too, just to, to, it's not just me who enjoyed the film. And the last one is a film I heard a lot about and I could have seen and didn't know what it was when I had the chance to see it. So I really regret it um, later when I started hearing about it. Uh, it's a Japanese animated film called Your Name. Have you heard of that one, Corey? I haven't. Um, it's got a 79 on Metacritic and J.J. Abrams recently optioned this to turn it into a live action film uh, set in America. Um, instead of, if I'm not mistaken, it's set in Japan, but it's set... Uh, the premise is two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way when a connection forms. Will distance be the only thing that keeps them apart? Um, I don't know any of the voice actors. Uh, they're all they're all Japanese, and so I'm gonna if I try to say their names, I'm gonna butcher it. Um, and even the director Makato Shinkai, I hope is right. I could definitely be mispronouncing yeah. that, but um, I definitely want to see this movie. I've heard such great things. And that it's already, it, this is a, you know, a new film that's now coming out on home video. It's already being adapted into a live action film, speaks volumes about its quality. So, I felt like that synopsis didn't really tell us anything about the movie at all, actually. I've heard a little bit too much about it, I think, at this point, And I don't want to say it because I think it's, I've heard, the people who I've heard the details from have, were reticent, first of all, to say what the details were. But then after being like kind of pushed to give a little more, um, they're like, but I do think going in blind is probably the most enjoyable way to watch this movie. Although again, I, I'm not an advocate for that in all instances, but, um, that's just what I've heard for this one. Okay. All right. So that's it for home videos. Um, I am most excited to buy patty cake, but I think I'm most excited to finally see your name. Um, I think that's the one that I'm really going to put the, uh, the effort into seeing first, um, out of those four. And I, I have seen Ingrid goes West, of course. Patty cakes. That's the one you're looking forward to? 
Yes. Good. I'm, I'm glad because I've, I've, I hope I didn't overhype it because I'll be very disappointed if you don't like it or something. But and I'll just be like, I hate it. I'm kidding. It's fine. I'm totally kidding. I already ordered you the oh. steel book for Christmas. Uh, yes. So, Woo! Now, um, let's look ahead. What's coming out this Friday? Especially because Corey was saying there's nothing playing. Um, we have three releases. <laughs> Please, God. Three releases for November 10th. Now, I know one of these three is definitely not going to be everywhere, um, but I'm hoping it gets a, uh, a wide enough release that I get to see it. Um, let's start with the uh, the one that should be everywhere. Um, Murder on the Orient Express, uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Kenneth Branagh, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe. Um, oh, boy. I hate when they do this on IMDb. Um the they've listed it, I think, by appearance, and so now the people that I wanted to say, ah, Daisley Ridley, um, man, I, I should have wrote all these down. Now I'm upset. Penelope Cruz, I think I already said. Josh Gad, Johnny Depp, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, and there's a few other people who I'm not finding, but um, it is a remake of an old film for the Murder on the Orient Express. Um, the premise: a lavish train ride unfolds into a stylish and suspenseful mystery. Uh, from the novel by Agatha Christie, Murder on the Orient Express tells of 13 stranded strangers and one man's race to solve the puzzle before the murderer strikes again. Uh, currently, with eight critics in, it has a 53 Metacritic, um, but has a 7.0 on IMDb user rating out of 331. So uh, people are seeming to enjoy it. Critics are giving it a little lower reviews, but that could just be based on comparison to the original. Um and that could definitely hurt this film because it is it is a remake, and um, I think it looks pretty visually in, uh, visually it looks stunning. I think, and then the story seems super interesting. Um, I'm a sucker for mysteries, so I think I'm going to enjoy it. I am always apprehensive when Johnny Depp is attached to anything now. Yes, and uh, I'm sorry, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and that's that's the problem, right? Is he is Captain Jack um, in, I... in most movies now. I feel like I always get a little apprehensive when they have a huge, like, bam, cast. You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like they're trying to make up for something. Yeah, they are definitely. Um, and you've got some great, I mean, I'm a huge Willem Dafoe. Judy Dench. Uh, yes, Judy Dench is in this as well. And, um, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe is always great. I, I'm, I'm excited to see Daisley Ridley in something other than Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have, except for her. There's a short film online that she did before Star Wars. That's really good. I don't remember what it was called, but um, I love her as Ray, and so I'm excited to get to see her do something else. I don't know how prominent her character will be because uh, it is an ensemble cast. She could be gone really fast. Um, the trailer seems to give her quite a few lines, though, so I'm hoping that she's uh, a relevant character. But I, I am going to check this movie out. I'm actually. Um, one of my coworkers uh, was talking about having. Um, she has a book club, and I have a, um, a movie club at school. And talking about all of us meeting and uh, checking out this film, like on at a, like on a Thursday night screening or something. Um, she was actually like, "Well, I, I thought we'd wait a couple weeks until uh, you know until the popularity of it dies down." I was like, "Yeah, more likely it's not going to be there for a couple of weeks." Um, I don't know that that movie's going to pull in the big numbers or not. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that starts coming out in the holidays. So uh, I'm I'm definitely planning on seeing it this coming week. I don't know if I'm going to see it Thursday night or not, but it's definitely something on my uh, my radar I want to see before it's gone. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't blame you for that, but let's look at what else is coming out. 
Um, we have a sequel coming out next Friday um, of a film that surprised me. I, one that I, I had no interest in seeing but ended up watching. Uh, and the sequel may do the same or might do what sequels do and not be any good. Daddy's Home 2 comes out this Friday starring Will Ferrell, Ma- Mark Wahlberg, um, Linda Cardo- Cardellini? Um, Cardellini, I think. Mel Gibson, John Lithgow, who I'm a big fan of. John Cena shows up in this. Um, I find it ironic that his picture didn't load on IMDb because I could not see him. And um, and Cena. And a few kids. And uh, the first one was shockingly funny, although my favorite parts of that movie were Hannibal Burris and John Cena. I don't see Hannibal Burris's character being reprised in this movie, and that's super disappointing because he was so funny in the first one. And um, it's directed by Sean Andrews. I don't know if that's... I'm going to look. It may be the same director. Uh, yeah, he is the same director-writer from Horrible Bosses, We Are the Millers, and Daddy's Home 1. Um, so he's got some comedic chops for sure. Um, the trailers look kind of funny. Uh, Mel Gibson's making his return uh, to a comedy after the... Uh, anti-semitic rant he went on a few years ago maybe five years ten years ago i don't even know but he has not been in a prominent movie like this since then so it is interesting to see if will we accept him back like we're just gonna let it go but um what is your interest level in this movie Corey? oh i've not even seen the first one (laughs) i'm the worst i don't watch a lot of comedies either well sorry i i am a big will ferrell fan although the house this year disappointed me um and i i don't i'm not just forgiving of his movies um though i tend to find him somewhat entertaining uh he is getting kind of redundant at times but all right Corey, the big movie the one that i'm really excited but i don't know how many theaters it's going to actually end up in uh at least around me it's definitely going to have a wide release. I just don't know if my area is going to pull something like this. But I've been waiting for this movie for a long time, and so have you. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes! Comes out Friday, November 10th. It currently, with 16 reviews, has an 89 on Metacritic, 8.3 user rating. Um, it is directed by Martin McDonough, who I am apparently a massive fan of. Uh, In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, I love both of those films. Um, he also wrote this. Uh, he's got a. This film has a Cohen vibe to it for sure, and it stars one of my favorite actors, Sam Rockwell, uh, with Woody Harrelson, Francis McDermott, who I also love, um, Caleb Landry, who is having a huge year. If you're not familiar, oh. uh, Caleb Landry Jones, I should say, um, he was in Get Out. He is in this, and he was also in what the heck was he just in? I just saw him in something. Um, I have to. He look was in up. Twin Peaks. Oh, was he on Twin Peaks as well? Man, he's having a massive year. Oh, oh the Florida in, Project. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, but the also Project? American Made. Um, so four movies this year, plus Twin Peaks. Um, huge year for a guy who I'd never heard of before this year, and he keeps showing up in my my periphery. Um, he was awesome in Get Out. He was very very good in uh, his role in American Made. Uh, he he plays a brother-in-law to Tom Cruise's character, and man, it, it it's pretty great. I don't want to say what happens to him, but um, I think in Florida Project he is a uh, super minor character, but um, I think he might be Willem Dafoe's uh, son in the movie, who's only in a couple of scenes, but it's still it's a excellent little cameo. So he's in this. 
um, as well. And I, I just cannot wait to see this movie. Um, this is one where I might be willing to drive to Orlando to watch it if it doesn't come close enough to me. I've been waiting for this for a while. And I missed both seven. Oh, and Peter Dinklage. I cannot forget Peter Dinklage, the man, Tyrion Lannister oh my God. himself. He's good. I I am pretty in. I thought just from like the trailers because we've been waiting on this movie since. Wasn't it originally going to be released like in March or something? I think so. And then they realized that it had uh, serious awards contending, um, mm-hmm. and they pushed it back to the the award season. So I think you're right on that. But yeah, okay. the trailer's been out for a while at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like playing in theaters, guys. Like way back in February or March, something. I'm super stoked for this. I totally forgot. I feel like I've been waiting so long that I just forgot. You know, stopped thinking about it because I was tired of being excited. Yeah, if yeah. That makes sense. Like I'm super stoked about that movie. Well, so there we go, guys. Finally, a movie Corey's going to go see and commit to in theaters. Yes, and I I don't know if you've seen his other two films. Have you seen In Bruges and or yes. um, okay. Seven Psychopaths? Not Seven Psychopaths. Oh, no. You have to see that one because um, it's really cool how he seems to work because you have In Bruges with uh, Colin Farrell. Seven Psychopaths, mm-hmm. he brings Colin Farrell back and adds Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken. And then oh. Sam Rockwell has carried over to three three uh, billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh. So it's like he likes – it seems like he's chaining his actors together. So I'm expecting maybe another Francis McDermott film or um, Woody Harrelson film after this one if he continues yeah. in this pattern. Hmm. I have looked at this movie before. Um, it has Tom Waits in it too. Yeah, which uh, I always find his choices. It is a you know interesting, brilliant dark comedy, much like In Bruges. Um, I had a weird moment um this week at work actually that involved In Bruges, and that's what just reminded me of it. I um I had, I'm in charge of Picture Day at the school because I run the yearbook, and so that's it just kind of falls into my territory. Mm-hmm. And so we have it in the auditorium, and I go in the auditorium and. Uh, every once in a while we'll have an event or something where we'll show a movie in the auditorium. And um, so there's some, there's always some DVDs or something around like the uh, control area. And so I, I walk up and they have school of rock and elf. And I'm like, well, those two movies have my name like all over it. I'm, I'm a big school of rock fan. And elf is one of my favorite Christmas films. I'm like, that's kind of weird. So then I go into the booth and in Bruges is sitting there and I'm like, Okay, what's is, is someone trying to trap me here? Like I'm thinking, like <laughs> is this like a, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon? I'm gonna end up like on a rope hanging a from trap. my foot. Because I'm like, one, I I teach film, and I would not show in Bruges to my classes. I would love to, but it's it's so violent and aggressive. You know, like it's it'd be hard to uh, uh, to justify. Um, and I show some violent stuff, but it's a movie that I don't know that I could get away with. Same thing, Seven Psychopaths. Either it's such a dark comedy, I don't know that I could do that usually if i'm showing a violent film i don't like to uh glorify it in that way and so dark comedies get a little sketchy but um i i love both of those movies so much so i'm so excited to see three billboards i don't it doesn't look like it's going to have the exact same tone that the other two had it seems a little more serious but it still looks great and i i can't wait um although there is a scene where francis mcdermott kicks um a high school kid in the crotch and then kicks the girl next to him in the crotch in the trailer. So there's definitely some humor, but <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm pretty stoked. So that is uh, the release schedule for next week, um, both home video and in theaters. Um, I am definitely going to see all three of those movies uh, next weekend, I hope. If not, I'll see them before the before two podcasts from now. Um but I am planning on most likely three billboards. If that is playing in my local theater on Thursday night, 
If it is not, then I will see Daddy's Home 2 to go ahead and get that one out of the way. Um, and I'll hit unless that book club thing happens on Thursday night. But otherwise, um, Daddy's Home 2 is on my radar for uh, the first review of these three films. But I'm hoping that now that Halloween's over, I have a lot of stuff I've missed. I, I didn't get to see The Foreigner in theaters. Um, I didn't see uh, Only the only the Brave, I think that's what it's called. Um, I didn't see uh, the other Miles Teller movie, um, the military one that I, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thanks for your service, I think, or something like that. Um, So I've missed a lot, and I don't know if any of that's still playing, but I'm going to try to get to the theater at least one more time this weekend um, since this was only Thor 3 that came out, uh, hoping to see a couple other things. But I think that leads us into our review for the week, Corey. Are you ready? So ready. All right, so the movie is called Brick. It came out in 2005, stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Lucas, uh, it's loading, Lucas Haas. Lucas Haas. Emily De uh, De Ravine, Megan Good, Nora Zetner, Zetner, I'm guessing, Uh, Noah Fleiss, and then uh, and Matt O'Leary deserves something because he's the brain. Oh, and Noah Segan because he's the dude. Um, It is directed by Ryan Johnson, who uh, directed Looper, The Brothers Bloom, and upcoming The Last Jedi, which is what I really, really excited about. If you don't know this about me, listeners, I am a Star Wars nerd. Not of the highest order, but I'm up there. I, I you know, a uh, few things don't remind me of Star Wars. Uh, in fact, on Tuesday night for Halloween, I had a, f- a neighbor friend um, stop by to borrow uh, a curling iron. And um, she was wearing a shirt, uh, part of her costume. And I went and got her the curling iron and then she left. And my wife said, what was she dressed up as? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's an Ewok. Turns out she was a deer. Uh, but... oh. Totally, I saw the shirt. I saw, you know, the the tan skin with a white belly area, like very furry. I thought Ewok. That's how my brain works, everybody. So, um, Brick is a let's the summary on IMDb. A teenage a teenage loner pushes his way into the underworld of a high school crime ring to investigate the disappearance of his ex girlfriend. Um, it has a seventy two Metacritic score and a seven point four user score. Um. And I'd seen one scene from this film before uh, watching it. And that there's a chase scene that happens um, kind of in the middle of the film. And I used it as an example of a good foot chase for my classes actually just a few weeks ago because they're in the process of making a chase scene. And I uh, I was really like, I'm like, man, I've wanted to see this. I've heard good things. I, I really need to give it a watch. And so... As soon as our horror episodes were over, I, I was number one thing on my list. Um, I want to hear your thoughts first, though, Corey. What did you think of Brick without spoilers to start with, and then we'll get into spoilers? Mm, I always hate this part. Um, well, I wasn't impressed. Um, it took me three sittings to watch this movie. Uh, yeah, I was expecting a little more. I am a fan of Lucas Haas. Um, not saying that he was bad in this movie, and also a fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I was expecting a little more. I could not disagree more. Um, I love this movie. It is probably in my top fifty movies of all time now, and um, I I've come to realize that I am a huge fan of the noir genre. And, and I am not. This is ah, uh, that is true. You also didn't like Chinatown. I love Chinatown. Um, and 
uh, Noir definitely is up my alley, and I loved even more that we have a Boss Lerman, Romeo and Juliet type thing going on in this movie, that we are set with high school kids, but the dialogue does not sound like high school kids at all. Um, it sounded like beat poets. To a degree, but also um, there's a, a level of a detective novel to it, right? Like the words they're using and the – I love the – in fact, I think beat poet is a great way to describe the rhythm of the dialogue. Uh, and some of their verbiage too. Like they said jive a lot and I'm forgetting other words that they used. It, it's uh, – I, I love – this is my favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt performance without any hesitation. Oh. I love this character. I think he is amazing. Um, there's, you know, the noir tropes are there. The, there's the femme fatale. Um, you have the cynical kind of outlook on the world. Um, the detective story. I think the, he's a great detective. Like I think he's like super smart and innovative, and he has the support of the brain. How he sets things up. It's so compelling. I I loved it um, completely, a hundred percent. I, I am sorry that you didn't. Uh, uh, apparently, that is our, our big dividing factor is this genre. It works for me because so much. And so often with so many movies, we often see pretty close to eye to eye. We might like one might, you know, rate it one or one up or down from the other. And I, ha- I knew you were going to love this movie. Ah, <laughs> I knew it. See, I was so blinded by my own love, I did not think you would not love this movie. I was just like, oh my god, it's so great. Oh my god. I was was like, I think, cheesing the whole time I was watching it. Just like, enjoying every every line of dialogue. I was like, I hated every line of dialogue. Oh, Oh. that that hurts me. I'm gonna eat my M&M's. I am so stoked uh, to have, one, I'm super glad I bought this. Because I totally am gonna watch this again. And I, I am actually... Uh, planning on doing a noir um, assignment with my advanced class where I want to pair this with Double Indemnity, which is one of my favorite noir films, um, which that sounds like I, I've found some gem. It's it's one of the most well-regarded noir films in existence. So me loving it is nothing surprising per se, but I am ecstatic about uh, show. I've been wanting to show Double Indemnity to my class for a while. I've been trying to build them to it because they're not always responding well to the black and white films, but... I think pairing it with Brick could be really, really awesome. So they get the vibe of a noir style. Um, we did watch Blood Simple earlier this year, and that's technically a noir, or at least neo noir. Um, and I, and I am I'm admittedly cynical more often than not. Um, and the, you definitely have to be a little cynical to appreciate noir um, because it's nihilistic. Everything's the everything's coming to an end. The world is is awful. It's a horrible place. Um, one of my favorite lines in this movie um, is, "I didn't. I turned him in to see him get eaten, not to see you be fed." Oh, that was pretty. I thought. I feel like we should just get into spoilers. Yeah, well, it's. Um, I obviously loved it. Corey hated it, but before we get talking anymore, Corey's going to give you a little bit of a warning. Guys, we're probably going to talk about this movie. We are going to talk about this movie in great detail. If you hate spoilers, go watch Brick. And then come back and give us a listen. Otherwise, full steam ahead. Now, it is available on VOD. Um, it was not on sale. I, I paid full price. It was like 12 bucks for the HD version. But I had a, I had some uh, credit on Google Play. And thanks to Movies Anywhere, I bought it on Google Play. But it was a, I was able to watch it on um, Amazon or Vudu or iTunes instantly. And uh, it's oh, pretty, pretty great. Um, same thing. I bought Halloween 2 on Amazon Prime for what? 5 bucks. 
uh, digital, and it's on all of my stuff automatically. And it was twelve bucks on every other platform, but Amazon had it for five digital and everywhere instantly. I love Movies Anywhere so much because um, it allows me to shop around now instead of having to buy it from one place and be stuck mm-hmm. there. I can browse, find the one that has the best price, and it's automatically on all of my platforms. Love it. But um, yeah, that scene, uh, he's talking to the principal um, that I just mentioned. He turned him turned him in not to see him get eaten. and uh, I'm sorry, I turned him in to see him get eaten, not to see you be fed in reference. Uh, they reference a past case where he had basically played informant and turned somebody into the principal and they're trying to pressure him to do that again. And he's like, no, I don't, I didn't do it for you. I did it because I wanted to see that guy get hurt, not you get, you know, uh, you know, awarded or whatever. I love how it's, it's all high school. Everything's set up as a high school student. Um, instead of working with a police chief or a cop, he's working with um, the principal. So he's like a private eye, but a high school student. So he's not really a private eye, but that's, if we were comparing this to other noir films, he'd be the PI working independently, like in Chinatown. And then um, he's this is uh, the the assistant principal is the cop, and he doesn't like the cops. That's why he's a PI, you know. But at the same time, sometimes they're a necessary evil in order to get what he's trying to do. And it does uh, a, an ex girlfriend. We the very first scene in the film, we see his him standing in a. Um, I guess it's like a, like the end of a runoff drain or something like that. I don't know. Um, I feel like that's a good Yeah, like kind of like, like in It, you know, the, like the, where the water comes into the river, that kind of thing. And he's looking at a dead body. And we don't know who the, we don't have any context. We don't know what's going on. We flash back for two days and we find out the girl that's in the, the gutter is um, Emily, an ex-girlfriend of his, who reached out to him for help, but then pushed away when he actually offered the help. And we we don't see how she died, but we lead up to that death, and that's about the midpoint when we get back to that death. And then the rest of the film is him trying to figure out who did it, um, maybe why, and make them pay. And uh, there's a lot of characters. We have Brendan as our lead character, played by Jessica Gordon-Levitt. Um, Laura, Laura, who is uh, the film's femme fatale, um, for sure, in this. Uh, when I first met Emily, I thought she might be the femme fatale, but her demise ended that really quick. Um, that's uh, Nora Zahetner. And then um, th- there's just tons of great scenes. But what are some things you didn't like, Corey? Because that seems to be, I think, where we should focus. Um, I hated the way they spoke. I hated it. Um, I also really disliked that it was teenagers. I don't even care if they're like seniors or it was never really like made clear for us. I don't think we knew that they weren't freshmen, but I really didn't like that. They were in like this and uh, gosh, I know teenagers buy heroin guys. I know, but I really hated seeing that. I felt like it was so forced and out of place. And I just, if it would have been like young 20 somethings, you know what I mean? I don't know. It really bothered me. See, I found that, to be even more compelling as a result um and i do want to point out while the heroin they i don't know they ever call it heroin um there's references Uh to it you don't see them shoot it up or anything like that so they do keep it uh fairly timid despite the subject matter being a little dark um it's it's not um it's not 
bad that it's high school students in that way. It is, um, you know, it is a very important element to this story. But I think that's what makes it so interesting is that it is not normal. This is not there's no other noir film that I have seen that is set in a high school. You know, it's usually older people um, in their 30s and their 40s. Uh, and I kind of enjoyed seeing a high school um, setting for the for the genre because I do think it works. And I, I think the dialogue adds to the surrealist element of it, making it work a little more. Plus, I'm pretty sure Joseph Gordon-Levitt was not the, the age of a high school student in this movie. I don't know exactly how old he is. I'm sure I can just find out in a second. I, I but think he's going to look like he's 12 forever. He is definitely a young-looking actor in general. Um and so uh, he's well. God, okay. I know for a fact he wasn't in high school because we're yeah, he's a he's year older his... than me. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that means he was, you know, in his mid twenties when he's playing this this character <laughs> in this movie. Um, and that's not an insult, but I'm saying like I know he's not a high school student. So that coupled with the dialogue that is clearly not high school tells me it's not our world. This isn't the world that we're we're used to living in, and so the rules of the world are different. And I think he does a terrific job establishing the, the kind of lay of the land. You know, we get the information about uh, the pin um, tug and this brick thing. And we have all these clues early that we don't understand. But as the movie goes on, those words that brain gives him um, come to be uh, clear. We understand what those things are. Um, you know, I like pin being like a young kid who still lives with his mom and his mom apparently being clueless that he has like a <laughs> criminal organization running through her, In house. her basement. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at her kitchen table. Yeah. What? And then uh, the, the scene of there's one the extreme violent moment um, involves Dode and Dode is a, a pothead burnout, which one I love when Joseph Gordon lived. Actually, I loved every fight scene in this movie because I never expected Brendan to be such a fighter. And that, um, yeah, he got his, he got he got a little whooped, but he dished it. Um, I there, so I had never seen anything from this film. Um, I really enjoyed visually a couple of scenes, and this is going to make me sound like an awful person, but the scene that you're talking about with Dode, the the, uh, the gunshot, yeah, the uh, the execution. Yeah, he's like like kneeled he's like on his knees and like you see the smoke come out of his the back of his head it was that was so unexpected to me i knew the guy had the gun like i'm pretty sure we had already been shown that he has a gun at that point but it was just super unexpected and even when um oh my gosh why my friend meets um tug and he's going to like bust his window yeah and tug gets in his car and then he like speeds off oh. and i'm like why are we watching this for 30 seconds of nothing happening and then he like comes speeding back um i really liked those two scenes I visually love, oh when the car drives by so close that his hand like bumps the door yeah uh, and the way he Nuts. shot that was so awesome and even him standing his ground though because like i'm like is he gonna yeah. jump what's he gonna do like i was on the uh I love this movie. Like the more I'm even talking about it, the more I realize how much I enjoyed watching everything in this film. Um, there were some I, I did I, in my notes. I have the word choppy editing. There was a few scenes I don't I didn't write what it was, but it's um, I guess right after uh, he finds the body and he he hears somebody in the tunnel and he runs into the tunnel and uh, he gets knocked out, which later we find out was Dode that saw him. Um, there's a scene after that that the way it was cut together looked a little choppy. Um, 
I'm not sure if that was just because of time or if they didn't have the coverage they needed, but there was something about it that I, I felt the need to write that down. But, um, yeah, I that scene that you were talking about, though, the execution scene with Tug, I love how he shot that, too, because he shoots it from inside the dark tunnel um, out. So everyone's in silhouette because mm-hmm. it's so backlit, and that's what le- allows you to see the smoke, or it's blood splatter more likely, too, going through his head. Um, that, but it's not as graphic as it would have been had we seen it in color. You know, it's all shadow. Um, so it, I think that was probably a necessity for the low production they were doing, but also a really creative way of keeping it. Um, Work with what you have. Yeah. Well, yes, definitely. But keeping it, um, in a way, cause there's a, again, I, I feel like there's an edge of fantasy about this, you know, um, this could have easily have been. Like, if you take all of the heightened elements of this movie that make it, like, a traditional noir or, like, an adult detective story, um, you could easily scale these back to be, like, a high school gang, you know? Maybe they're maybe they're just selling, you know, weed or something at the school, but it maybe not being extreme, uh, as extreme, maybe instead of just uh, a gun... Sh- well, I don't know, because there's tons of movies where high school kids are criminals. I mean, dozens and dozens um, and you could pull from all different types of genres, even where it depicts high school. I mean, Twenty One Jump Street—they infiltrate a high school to find the drug ring, right? Like that's the whole premise of of not only the movie but the TV series is that there's <laughs> illegal activity going on in high school, so we have these young-looking cops undercover in the high schools to find the drug problem. So it's a very real thing that I'm surprised you actually even nitpicked because. Um, it is such a common thing uh, thing in film. I mean, I think that the, I don't I don't even know how to explain it. I felt like uh, I don't know. It's like all things that I know that teenagers do, but I hated watching it all play out. I don't know. It just it made me uncomfortable, kind of in the way that uh, Moonrise Kingdom makes me uncomfortable. Even just mm. that little kiss like makes me super uncomfortable. I don't know. See, Moonrise Kingdom makes I, I agree with that one making me uncomfortable. Um that is probably the only Wes Anderson film I don't think I'll ever rewatch. I just especially yeah. because the kiss isn't even graphic, but they're in like underwear when they do it and they're like super young. They're not even high school age, I don't think. I think they're middle school. Um just bug me. But this doesn't have any sexuality really in it. Um I mean there's a, a few implied moments, but nothing Nothing. Oh my gosh, and her smoking a cigarette after they sleep together, like, you're 12, calm down. Calm down. Sorry, guys. Do you think they slept together? They did sleep together. You're, you're, I felt like that was... We, Laura and, and uh, Brendan, right? That's your Brendan, name? yeah. I, I felt like that was pretty well I, I mean, implied. I got the vibe that he went to sleep. Well, maybe... <laughs> Like, I don't know. But, I mean, I could be wrong um, for sure. And the cigarette definitely is a, a staple film cliche of post-coitus, uh, you know, post-coital relaxation, I guess. I, I don't smoke, so I've never partaken. Um, but it is uh, it is a common visual in film, like, after, after characters have sex that they smoke. Um, in fact... What movie was that that I just watched where that was one of the funniest? Oh, The Fog. Um, when, oh, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah the, and then, like, oh, can I ask you a question? What's your name? Like, but, um, So uh, dumb, but I love that uh, movie. Part cracked me up. Um, 
Yeah. Like you just slept with her, you're gonna buy a drawing for five dollars. What's your name? Uh, I loved uh, God. I, this movie to me worked completely, but I do I do think the feeling that you had that feeling kind of dread and and like discomfort is what the, the it's intended. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I don't like it. I get that. I do, and that's the same reason why some people don't like horror movies because the feeling that they get of fear and terror and even sometimes uh, disgust. They don't like it, so they don't like the horror movie. Where, you know, I I I want to feel the fear when I watch a horror movie, and when I watch a noir film, I do want um to feel dread and disgust and and kind of a level of hopelessness, right? Like, I don't need that in my life. Like, I feel like it's pretty that things like I'm not saying that my life is horrible, but I feel like no matter where we look, you know, there's plenty of bleakness. And I don't need every story to be a happy ending, but I don't need it to just, there's like, there are at least two of these movies that we've watched. And I just, I don't understand. I don't know. Like why? Unlike, (sighs) unlike uh, Chinatown though, I would say this one ends with a happy ending. Um, It it can't be as happy as we would want it because Emily is dead. Um, That happens early in the movie. And the rest of it, he's trying to get justice for M. And I think he does. Um, you know he but, he brings down the the drug ring um you know the i think the saddest moment in the movie is when he leaves pin when pin's getting beat up by uh tug and he bails on pin and you hear pin like calling for him like brandon help it's like that's freaking brutal man that dude was he had a cane we don't know why he had a cane but he had a cane implying he was disabled in some capacity um and him getting like just decimated by tug it, that part did like kind of because while Pin is a a drug dealer, he he managed to get my empathy. Um, because I don't know, he never came off as villainous as Tug. Like Tug was a clear villain. Oh, because he couldn't he couldn't handle himself. Like he his anger was explosive. Yeah, but there, was so bad. He he couldn't like control anything. And okay, so that kind of leads me to. We find out that she pretty much got murdered because she's pregnant, right? Yeah. Oh, which I, that you just reminded me of what we need to talk about at the end of the movie. But yes, okay, continue. So, and what we're going to talk about at the end of the movie it just brings it full circle for me that it doesn't end on a happy note. You, you, I will now agree with you on that because I, I had like, forgotten that I mean, very important moment. And I'm like, uh, uh, and Emily, girl, slow down. You're moving a little fast there, homie. Um, like uh, there oh jesus i can't even we she could possibly be i you go ahead it it appears um because we know em's pregnant early on dode thinks it's his um we later find out that it tug thinks it's his and in fact was told that it was his and that's why he shoots em apparently um because she's gonna leave him or something um, but the implication, Laura, at the end, when he tells Laura that she's doomed and he explains how he figured it all out, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and I saw it coming because I, I, again, felt Laura was the obvious femme fatale, although there was. And he a, kept saying he didn't trust her throughout the film. And and uh, she kept or she kept doing things to earn his trust, though. She did mm-hmm. tons where I could see an audience maybe less familiar with the genre falling for her um and and thinking that they'll end up together and she he needs to trust her she's trying to help him but she was always working everybody and um so she leans in and whispers and it kind of reminds me of what happens at lost in translation 
um, when Bill Murray leans into Scarlett Johansson and you get a whisper, you you have assumptions of what might have been said, but you don't know for a fact. And it the his reaction, which is a, a great piece of acting by him, by the way, um, his facial reaction is just so heartbreaking. It it totally implies that because uh, she says we do hear her say um, she was three months pregnant, and that seems to be in the the time frame that it could have been his baby. But she couldn't be with the dad or something because she didn't love him, or something like that. Yeah, and it's definitely heartbreaking, and um, you see it on his face, uh, and the, so that's the that's the downer. Um, although he didn't know that he's not the reason she died, um, although he does definitely feel guilt for not getting to her sooner because he had two days to try to find her and save her before Tug killed her. Um, and yeah, uh, but he, he does get everybody in trouble. Although we do see, uh, Laura walking away. So we don't actually see her get arrested or anything to guarantee she's been caught, but she does walk off, uh, for a really long time and brain asks, you know, what did she say? And he doesn't tell him. And, um, made me think of, made me think of the scene from seven, What's in the box? Oh yeah. Sorry. No, no. Um <laughs> I I loved so much um about this movie. I really love the character that Brendan plays even though um he is a loner. Uh he has, you know, basically no friends. Um I kind of I kind of get that. Um I mean, I have friends for sure, but I kind of get where he's coming from in the world he lives in. Um, he has a lot of reason to doubt everybody. And, you know, uh, he's a tough kid in the movie. And, I mean, he's a year older than me, so he's never a kid in real life. But um, I, I don't know. I, I thought he was terrific in this movie. I really liked the pin. I liked Laura. Um, I liked uh, the brain a lot. And I thought there was some great cinematography, you know, a lot of good indie stuff. And the storytelling especially was was spot on for me. I was sucked in from the beginning, couldn't wait to get to the end uh, for the positive reasons, not for Corey's, um, Corey's reasons. Although there is a pattern because you didn't oh, like gosh. Hello, My Name is Doris. And that's not um, that's not a noir film by any means. It, maybe it's the uh, you don't like movies that are too cool. Yeah, too cool for school. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there were like the dialogue and the way it's written has this kind of look. Yo, beat cool jive. Yeah. Um. Um. I don't just know. this movie. I, I like that though. I don't know what it is about me that maybe maybe I'm not um as hard on things that are being cool. Like I don't know. I'm so confused right now. I love Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but. There's, there's like, I'm not like anti-popular or anything no, like that. And that's not I what just, I'm saying. Cause that's not even like, none of what I just said is popular, right? Like nobody talks like yeah, this on well, a regular I think, level. Like, cool. But I think, um, that's, I think the tone of the movie has this like, look how cool I am or look how trendy I am rather than it being actually trendy. There's like an air about it where it comes off as if they're saying, look how cool I am. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that it is cool. Because, again, Brick, while it's a very critically well-regarded film, I don't know many people who have seen it. it. It's, you know, it's one of those indie films that critics loved but went mainly under the radar for your average film watcher. Um, 
And same, Hello, My Name is Doris is kind of the same thing. Like uh, another I wanted film. to love it. Gosh, Sally Field was so cute. And well, Chinatown is not on that same list. So um, there's definitely that you don't like. Uh, noir, you don't like the cynical noir things, and you've explained very understandably why you there's enough cynical crap in this world that you don't need more. Um, but it also could be that that because of the way the dialogue, especially that seems to be a stickler for you in this movie, um, it is like the writer is too cool. You know, like like why didn't you just write it like high school kids would talk? You know, why do you have to do it in this way? I happen to like that, but it it annoyed you is what I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, it reminded me of like open night, like open mic night at like slam poetry or something. Well, I I just I need to hit up some slam poetry because I did not just <laughs> like it. But um, I think that's... I've never been to slam poetry, guys. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to say about the movie? Um, no. I well, yes, actually, I will give it to JGL Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's right. Um, he was a good. I was impressed with his detective skills in this in that he didn't waste any of his screen time. He was always going straight for, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He didn't, I didn't feel like he had to do a lot of back work or like do a lot of extra investigating. He just like went and got an answer and moved in the other direction and, you know, um, kept moving along. Uh, yeah, there were the, I liked a couple of the things visually, but nothing else. Well, I, I'm giving Brick the must-see rating, and I'm guessing Corey is doing the not-a-total-waste-of-time. Oh, my God. You're so great. Yep. <laughs> um, obviously, we have huge differing opinions on this one. The critics side with me. Um, but if, if any of Corey's points uh, don't work, for, like those are things that you agree with, then definitely skip this film if you haven't already watched it. Um, if you If the things that I said appeal to you, then definitely check this movie out. I love it. I, I'm hoping to teach it to my students. There is some some language issues, and uh, there's a couple of graphic scenes of violence. But again, it's done. Well, like it goes pretty mild. Yeah, it, it, it's in, the implications are are horrific, especially the shooting of um, Dode. But uh, it's done in a way that is really, I hate to say, artistic with someone getting their head shot off. But um, I do feel like there was like an artistry to how he shot the scene, and. Um, it's again Ryan Johnson's our new uh, our new Star Wars director, so I'm excited because I really enjoyed what I just saw. But with that, I think that concludes our episode. Um, Corey, you've selected our film for next week that I do not have in front of me, but I'm assuming you do. No. Oh, and boy. hold on, I had to change my list. Oh, so because even more even. um no, because remember we're not fans of Filmstruck anymore. Uh, yes. But I have my list right here. I think that I'm going to go with Violet and Daisy, which is on Tribeca shortlist. I don't know anything about this movie. Violet and Daisy? Yeah, it has – I'm going to say her name incorrectly, I think. But Saoirse Ronan? Oh, I, th- I think that's close. I, I I cannot pronounce that name to save my life. Um, But that is – she is in Brooklyn. And the uh, upcoming release of uh, Greta Gerwig's new film, Lady Bird. I want to see that so bad, and I'm afraid my theater's not going to get it. I have a critic screening on the 15th that I'll be going to. We're not talking. Um, yeah, see, <laughs> I, I, I say her name is Sayorize or Sayoris because she's uh, very, very Irish. Okay, this is from 2011. Oh, I've seen the is cover Alexis of this movie. Liddell and James Gandolfini in it. Oh, oh, and Danny Trejo. They're 
mm-hmm. you stop talking. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say that this might, I don't know. And I don't want to say that I hate all movies that are like based around teenagers and adult situations. Cause that's not necessarily true. I love hard candy, but this, this they're teenagers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Teenage girls. Well, this is the director's only uh, directed film. Um, he has one that has questions. Oh on no! It. And no, it only made. Well, he, he only made. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, he's a writer as well. Um, he wrote Precious, uh, the screenplay, which was well regarded. Oh, that was um, a good movie. And then everything else that is on his list, I don't know. A lot of them are shorts. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Um. Violet and Daisy uh, has a 43 on Metacritic um, and a 6.1 IMDb user score. Um, but we'll be watching that for next week's episode of uh, Burke Reviews Movie Club. Until then, um, keep watching movies. Uh, you can reach out to us with your thoughts on the podcast or the films that we watch or specifically Violet and Daisy for next week's episode by emailing us at contact at BurkeReviews.com, contact at BurkeReviews.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Burke Reviews and Corey. If you like photos of cats, uh, at Corey R Star, two R's on the end. To be fair, I just posted like five pictures of our new kitten earlier on Instagram. So <laughs> I love it because um, Bill's gonna come home soon, and there's just gonna be a new kitten. I've been fighting the search for like a year, guys. Well, uh, we were not supposed to get a kitten, but um, we did, and it her name is Ramona. Named after and I knew why. Um, one of my favorite movies, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And uh, she's super adorable. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's us on social media. Um, we'd love for you to check out our most recent episode of Top 5 Movies where we tried a new format that we're going to be uh, doing from time to time where we interview somebody. And we got to interview very special guest Jordan Brady, who was a sheer delight. And I can't um, can't thank him enough for uh, doing the podcast with us. Um that is out uh it's been out for a few days um but definitely if you did if you missed it if you skipped it or if you just found us by coincidence um we have two podcasts under the burke reviews um podcast brand we have the movie club and we have top five movies uh we'd love for you to check out top five movies as well um please if you are subscribing to us on itunes or um google play or stitcher or anywhere else you get your podcast please give us a rating and review it helps us get new listeners and um spread the word about our our podcast uh burkreviews.com is where we post our reviews and writing and episodes of the podcast as well um we'd love for you to subscribe to our newsletter see what's going on what we've uh reviewed i write most of the reviews however we are always looking for new talent so if you're interested and trying your hand at film reviews, um, you can email us again, same email address, contact at Burke Reviews. And until next week, um, watch some movies, Corey. Get to the theater. I'll try. And I'll be at the theater all week with some new reviews coming out soon, including my review of Thor Ragnarok. This um, should have posted probably by the time you're hearing this podcast, but if not, it'll be posting on Monday. Uh, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll be back next week at the same podcast time. Bye, guys. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.